Hello everyone, welcome to the Females in Motorsport podcast. This is your host Manvi and I'm very, very excited for today's episode because I'm chatting with one of the fastest women in motorsport, Tatiana Calderon. Tatiana was the first woman to stand on the podium in the British Formula 3 International Series and the first to lead a lap in the Formula 3 European Championship. In 2022, Tatiana Calderon secured a drive in IndyCar, making her the first female driver to land a drive in the series for nine years. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tatiana. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you today, Manvi, and thanks for the invitation and the um, introduction, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I know a lot of females and motorsport readers have been following your career for a very long time. So I know we're going to have a bunch of people listening in and tuning in today. So I like to start every podcast, which is asking about your background in racing. And I'd love to know from you, what is your favorite thing about racing? Ah, it's so difficult to uh, just find one thing, right? Because it's just a, a package. I think I, I love every, almost every single part of, of my job. Obviously, the one I don't like uh, that much is the sponsorship side because, you know, you're always um, trying to, to get the money to go racing to do what you love. But, you know, the adrenaline, the speed, the little details um, that goes into every car and every corner. And even if you do... 100 laps in the same circuit, none of them will feel the same way. And, and that's that's something I, I enjoy from my job and, and the challenge that it represents. So, um, yeah, just that adrenaline, I guess, that it's very addictive. Would you say you're an adrenaline junkie? Do you do things outside of racing that get your adrenaline going? <laughs> Definitely, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to, to try new things, to get a leap into the unknown. And um, I, I have a younger brother, in fact, that we, we used to do everything together, you know, like going with um, all the extreme like skateboards and the biggest like mountain to go down to. And uh, I think, I guess, I, I, I kind of need that in my life, that kind of adventure and, and doing things that that I don't know how they will at the end end up. If I were to ask you, what is your long-term goal? Where do you see yourself in 10, 15 years? What would you say? Hopefully behind the wheel, um, having done, you know, I've been very privileged because I have raced all around the world, one of the best series in the world as well. Uh, but I still want more. That's the, the thing about this sport. Um, I still feel young and I, I want to achieve so much but now not just for me, but to try and help the next generation as well. Because I, I have been through some difficult moments like every other athlete, but particularly in motorsport where it's one of the only sports where we compete in equal terms and equally and we don't have a separate series or we shouldn't have. Um, it's, um, it's, it's difficult and there are more barriers than in other sports for us. So I want to try and, and, and break them on or try to make it a little bit easier for the next, the next generation that comes through because it's a nonstop learning process and, and changing people's perception and minds and that doesn't come easy and, and you cannot do it as an individual. So we need more, more girls starting so that we start to change the, the narrative. 
Yes, absolutely. I think having women in motorsport or not having enough women rather is a systemic issue and it needs to be addressed by Formula One and other bigger series. Of course, we have the F1 Academy coming in. Um, do you think the F1 Academy is a good step forward? And what do you what are you hoping from the F1 Academy to come through? I I hope so. I mean, you know, it's until you don't see what's what's going to do and what's going to happen, like we saw with W Series, you know, um, that unfortunately, you know, there's this willingness of people wanting to help female drivers, but at the end, they don't have the answers or the right approach to it. And and at the end, it, it doesn't help to develop the, the next generation. Um, I think it's too early to say right now. I'm, I'm curious to see... Um, that Formula One is getting involved and that it hopefully uh, be another step to to try and, and give us the, the same opportunities. But I hope that they, you know, that maybe the winner just really gets a step up into F3 with the full funding, which is very difficult, a good team to have, because that's at the end of the day, unfortunately, the sport, um, you depend a lot on, on which team you're and what car and how many test days you get. So to try and, and close that gap, that's, that should be the aim. So I'll be curious to see, and, and I'll be following a lot of the young talents that, that will be there. Uh, Cause I am passionate about it. I want to see them rise and, and shine. So um, hopefully we'll see some of them making the step into F3 in the near future. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think with F1 Academy, that is the hope that it will be a big step up for female drivers to be able to participate in F3, F2, eventually F1, because we have seen a few female drivers in those series, but it's it's really not that common. And sponsorships obviously is a big issue, as you touched on before, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Um, but I'm also curious to know, because I know you touched on this a little bit, with all these prejudices about female drivers, and there are many, there are many of those, um, how do you keep your motiva- motivation going? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, you know, because I sometimes I ask myself, why do I love this so much when I'm suffering all the time, trying to find all the budget together? I'm, I'm driving and trying to change people's perceptions on um, not like that they don't put a limit to what you can achieve, right? Because I do believe in myself and I, I think that I can do a really good job when I'm giving the right equipment and the, the right opportunity. Um, but it's it's a matter of how do you manage to convince your environment that, you, that you're worth that risk of a chance, right? So it's... Um, I guess it's just because of the passion and the love that I have for the sport mm-hmm. and the conviction that I know inside myself. And I have this confidence that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm doing what I love most. And I'm sure that the right opportunity will show up sometime. It, it, it never comes when you want it, but it, it, it eventually will come. And I think the most important thing in, in life is to do something that you love, that you're passionate about. And I'm thankful that I have racing for that. So 
as many times as I ask myself, why, why am I still here, you know, like begging for these opportunities, trying to get all the money together to go racing. When I'm not racing, I really miss it. So I think that's that's why I'm here, because I, I just love what I do. Yeah, absolutely, of course. And I mean, you have done an incredible amount of races and the kinds of series. I mean, I believe you've driven an endurance series, Formula series, IndyCar, and I find that very fascinating and intriguing. I mean, it's a testament to your talent. But I'm curious to know, how do you adapt your driving style, your mental and physical fitness to fit all these different series? That's been the most challenging thing, you know, jumping from one continent to another one, from one series to the other, one team to the other. If if I could look back and, and change something that I've done probably is that I would like to spend a little bit more time in um, in the same team, you know, in the same series so that you actually know what all the tracks and you know what you're facing uh, in terms of challenges. But that has also, on the other hand, uh, giving me a perspective of how I need to communicate about the car when I when I when I'm in America, which is different to Japan, it's different to Europe. Um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to adapt quicker my driving and understanding what the car needs or how you need to be driving that car. Uh, that has helped me a lot to develop as, as a driver. And the physical side, obviously, um, it, it changes quite a lot because, you know, you have IndyCar and Formula 2 where you don't have power steering and the steering wheel is is super heavy so you have to focus more on on the strength side on the other hand you have the endurance racing um and the g-forces for example of of a super formula which is almost like a formula one car um where you need to train more like your your neck your endurance your coordination and concentration for so many hours and no sleeping so it's uh, also been very demanding to be able to to have both um, just in case I needed one or, or the other. So um, I, I have learned a lot about the physical side, about the woman side of things as well, because, you know, we have a, a period and you have to plan your training, your nutrition, your energy based on that, that men don't have to care about that also. So um, it's it's been a very... Yeah, very educational, let's say, because I've been trying different things and understanding my body and what needs, what I need um, to train to to feel better in the car. So, uh, yeah, it's been definitely a huge challenge, but I think I have learned a lot um, about it. And at the end, it's better when you know yourself and and you can then extract the maximum potential. And and that's something I've learned really to, to focus on myself. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I don't think people and especially people who don't have a menstrual cycle understand how it can affect your nutrition, how it can affect your exercise, your routine, your hormones, which also play a part in your diet and exercise. I think that's such a um, unearthed conversation that people just feel very uncomfortable talking about for some reason, which I don't truly understand. But I do think it's something that we need to talk about more as people working in motorsport, 
you as a driver in motorsport, it's great that you bring that up because I think people obviously look up to you. And I think you opening up that dialogue will encourage other people to bring it up as well because it is something that we should have more conversations about, more development in, more resources for, which I don't think are present any right now at the moment, at least. Are you wearing an aura ring? I am. I am an aura ring. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you are too. Uh, me yeah. too. Uh, so yeah, I, I noticed that, and and that's a g really great sign because you know with technology nowadays we can, like, even track our menstrual cycle uh, mm -hmm. even more clearly. That it reminds you, you know, maybe you know we have more clarity, we have more energy in certain phases of our cycle, and how to use that not against us, but in favor of, of us and, and really taking care of all these elements that at the end will give you that energy um, that if you use wisely, we can be a superwoman, you know? So I think there is a, this power, but the lack of not only like information about women in general in sport that we are not, now just like, understanding that we are not men, that we need different things, that we need to train differently, different um, training loads, our cognitive side, everything is, is very different that before we did not have that data. Imagine in, in the car as well, you know, the, the design of the cars with, the, with taking us into consideration, then that engineers take our side of how we think, how we operate, how we feel, um, and how we can extract the maximum without changing who we are, because we are women, we are different. It doesn't mean we are better or worse. It's just different. But that they understand our strengths, our, our weaknesses, and to maximize our, our strengths. Um, that's, that's the thing that we still also need uh, to feed them with data. And, and the more that's why the more women we have in the sport, And, and taking those, those um, that that information and that data, that we can start to change things in our sport um, from from the basis. It's almost like the difference between equity and equality because with equality people say you should have the same resources which is obviously true but with equity I think you have to pay attention to different resources sometimes more sometimes fewer resources but I think the key word is different resources we're not on the same level playing field we need different things and that's what will help us reach uh reach where we want to reach and reach at the same level because we need that different attention different kind of resources from men which is not a bad or a good thing it's just it's just facts <laughs> exactly it's different is our nature and we need to uh be able to show our nature um and to explode our potential in a different way because we are different uh mm -hmm. earth uh god has made us different so uh thanks god for those differences as well um In, in all areas. That's why I think we need to, um, it's not like all female or men, all men are bad, you know, it's like no equity. No, it's it's that balance. And that's why motorsport is so exciting because we can compete in equal terms in a different way. Like when you look at a Formula One grid and you see all these teams that are between one or three tenths of each other for, with three different philosophies of, of cars, 
three different manufacturers and yet they can still make the time in a different way and and fight for it and that's how i see we can do things but we have to be given that chance to explode our potential and unfortunately i don't think we have been given that yet absolutely i love that you use the analogy of formula 1 that actually makes a lot of sense and put things into perspective I know you already touched on this a little bit but I would love to talk a little bit more about sponsorships because sponsorship has been a recurring challenge for a lot of female drivers. Um would you say that has been one of the biggest hurdles in your journey and just for listeners who are not familiar with this world can you break it down for us like how it's different for you versus other drivers? Absolutely. I think you know it's it's not a secret that unfortunately motorsport is a very expensive sport and i i feel grateful for all the opportunities that i have had in my career um with different sponsors different people that have believed in me and that wanted me to keep, to to keep going um but it also comes like you know the the more you invest in it the more testing you have uh the more mm-hmm. opportunities to go to the top teams you have because they are more expensive unfortunately that's that's the way it is um and as a female driver maybe you know people will tell me oh yeah but it, it should be easier for a female driver to get sponsorship well no that's that's definitely like not true maybe we have uh more like exposure or more attention sometimes that even when we when we don't want that attention um uh and but people to re- like i think they still don't fully believe that a woman can win um and of course all the sponsors they they want you to have results right um but you cannot access those teams where you can have res- results without more money and then it's like they're always delaying the decision and at the end we get unfortunately like we were looking at this with with my sister who's 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 my agent and who helped me out with all the um sponsorship deals and only one less than 1% of the total sponsorship in the United States in in sport they go to female athletes so that is a fact and so you you can you know the there is i don't know how to change it you know yeah. it comes i think from the heart from the belief from 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 giving us a, a proper chance from investing more in in female athletes and it's not something that will come from day from today to tomorrow but it's uh, something that we need to start to speak about to 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 really change it uh but what the answer is i i have no idea we've been struggling massively and we see that there are other 20 drivers on the grid that are not struggling that much with so you know it's is a sport where you need the the funding unfortunately to to shine um and that's that's the thing that we all have to live with regardless of gender but especially when you see these numbers is like there's there's more that some um companies could do for us definitely that statistic really helps put things in perspective and it really makes you think about the state of women in motorsport right now 
I think obviously people are talking about it a little bit more, but I think we need to go a step beyond just talking about it. There has to be action coming out of it. F1 Academy is obviously like well and great, but we saw it with W Series last year that they had to um, cancel the series in the middle of the year because of funding. And I think there has to have to be some big hitting players to come in and help change that, help change attitudes, help change the way brands perceive women in motorsport and help build that support. Because, yeah, as individuals, it's hard. Like, what, you know, what can we really do to really help change that? But I think when when it comes to a sport like Formula One or IndyCar or a big expensive sport, any sport in motorsport, which is so expensive, I think it has to come from a bigger advertiser, bigger company, bigger organizations. Otherwise, it's just going to be continue being so difficult. I agree 100%. It's um, no one person can change. Um, so I know you've traveled a lot. I know you already mentioned you've lived in Japan, you've lived everywhere in the world. Um, but obviously, with traveling so much, you there is this one thing that you know you don't get to see your family a lot. But I know for you, you work very, very closely with your sister. I had a conversation with her as well over email, of course, when you were talking about the podcast. I would love to know from you, how is it working so closely with your sister? <laughs> I don't get these questions very often and I love it because, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, we we think very similar and she actually started racing at the same time as me. Now she's managing me. So she um, she saw me in my worst and in my best and I know that I can look at her in her eyes, uh, eye to eye contact and she knows what I'm feeling if I need something. And, and it's amazing to have somebody that you trust so much, particularly in the sport where most of the time you're alone, even when you're in your team. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it can be very lonely and we travel the world together. I'm super grateful for that. Of course, we fight uh, because not all, all the, um, not everything is as beautiful as it looks in, in social media sometimes, but it's uh, uh, always for the growth. And sometimes, you know, I we have harder moments where I, I just wanted her to be my sister and not, not my agent um but all those fights have made us stronger as as a group as and as a collective and we know um our goals we know where where we want to be um and we we work towards that with the same goal and i know that she wants the best for me no matter what sometimes she even doesn't take credit for all what she does and 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 she should um and that just tells you everything about about her and, and our relationship so um it's a we we are a team and i'm very proud to and happy to have her that sounds amazing i do have a sister too so i know what you mean when you say that of course you know we have similar goals and values but we fight sometimes so that's just a part of any sibling any familiar relationship but it's really nice to hear that obviously she has you and i think having anyone close to you especially when you're traveling so much and I'm sure you've been traveling from a very young age which is not easy so I think for you having that I'm sure is that support is very very meaningful and not everybody's lucky enough to have that so that's really great Um, I also love that you said you don't get these questions very often because this is something I have been thinking about a lot that I think when people when media or anyone speak to female drivers or women working in motorsport the questions are always about oh what are the challenges and 
it's always about the negatives of the sport and just about women in general i don't think people ask women about general aspects of life which i've started to notice recently that they just don't get these kinds of questions i'm sure you have not gotten these kind of questions where you just want to have an organic conversation about you know about your family and about how you like to travel and just things that anyone can answer you don't have to be this prototype female driver all the time you're also just a normal person and have normal interests and i love that you said that because i think people often forget that absolutely and we don't even like get to talk about even the the technical side you know because mm-hmm. there's always this focus on what are the challenges and the barriers of being a female driver and you're the first yeah but i'm the first that i've done but i want more to do it and you know, it's um, changing that narrative and, and yeah, people sometimes forget we, we are persons, we, we feel, um, especially now with social media, you know, um, a lot of judgments that people do based on what they saw on a tweet or on the TV, but that's not the full story behind. There's so much more. Um, there's so much sacrifice, so much work behind the scenes and, um, and like you said, it says about this personal um, side of us, what we like to disconnect with and that people can relate more to. So I, I love when I have this kind of question. So well done on, on trying to, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to see what, who is behind the, the helmet. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's already been so amazing talking to you. I'm loving this conversation myself. But I also agree with you where you said that a lot of women are not tapped for that technical expertise, which if you really think about it is kind of ridiculous because we have so many women who work in technical, in like Formula One, in work in strategy. This weekend, I actually heard, uh, well, this weekend while we are recording, this podcast will probably go live a few weeks from now. But uh, this weekend was when Bernie Collins started uh, uh, working for Sky Sports. And she was able to share so much on tire strategy and the technical aspect, which I loved hearing, which you don't actually hear otherwise from a woman. And I think that really helps giving, sharing more diversity of thought. And I think we all need that. And I think we all need to show that or rather people need to remember that we can also speak to those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be just challenges and things like that. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, there's some fantastic engineers inside Formula One that maybe, you know, sometimes they don't showcase them, unfortunately enough, um, to, to really get a feel for it and to get a feel from their perspective as well. Cause it can be different from, from the male side and that's the the interesting side of it and and all the technicality of of formula one which is mm-hmm. incredibly uh, yeah difficult to understand and it's frustrating yeah it's so frustrating but um i'm happy that that uh, that you guys in sky have have her uh, to join the team and hopefully there'll be more stories to to tell about this um incredible woman who who are already um, in Formula One, and that we need to showcase to um, to help get more more women into the sport in all in all areas. Yes, fingers, toes, everything crossed. Uh, now, before we wrap up the podcast, I have some random questions for you that we like to call a rapid fire, where we don't talk about anything. I mean, well, 
now we talk about anything that's not racing basically so we don't talk about racing for the next few minutes and we just talk about like we were saying just normal things so are you ready jesus christ yes yes i am <laughs> okay well let's begin with question one now i know you're a big coffee person so you can't say coffee for this answer oh. but if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it be uh banana bread <laughs> that's a great one i love banana bread it took me a while but i was like oh, man this is and there's some that are really healthy so at the end of the day it can be very powerful yeah i love i love how specific that is and i also love that it can also be sweet but yes it can also be healthy i love that it's a that's good a energy right? now i feel like having banana bread i'm probably going to make some today <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, Carol G. Now the uh, the new song that they have with with Shakira. Mm-hmm. I have to say it's a tecuje. Um, it's called in Spanish. So that's I have my karaoke microphone here, by the way. But that's oh my, oh, that's uh, what we should do next time. We should do karaoke podcast next time. I was not like <laughs> Oh my god that's your karaoke uh, microphone Yeah so you connect on Spotify or where whatever you download your music to and um and then you just obviously read the lyrics and on your phone but you can yeah you have different features here to hear the voice a little bit or not at all and uh, yeah it's quite cool I have to say Oh my god <laughs> I love that How often do you karaoke Um yeah, when I'm alone, because I, I I have to say I'm not very good at singing. I like it, but uh, it probably rains afterwards. But yeah, every every, every week I would say I, I do it at least once or twice. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's actually really fun. I always wanted to have a karaoke birthday party, but getting people to agree to sing in public is always very difficult. Um, but obviously, I mean, the drinks help, but... <laughs> It's still hard Absolutely. to get there and start drinking and start singing. I agree. So that's why I do it alone. That, that way I'm not ashamed <laughs> at the moment. Oh, my God. I love that you showed us the machine. Uh, I mean, the microphone. Um, okay, last question. And because you already said this, you can't say singing. But is there any skill or talent that you just can't learn? So, for example, I can't whistle. I have been trying to whistle <laughs> for years and I, I don't know how to do it. Um, honestly, I suck at dancing and like, you know, people sometimes like believe because I'm from Colombia, I should be a great dancer. And, you know, because of the position, sometimes you're in the car and you're sitting. It's like, I don't have that flexibility in my hips. (laughs) I don't know if I can blame racing for that. We should not speak about racing on this part, but Probably that I suck at dancing and people just always assume because I'm Colombian, I'm great, but no way. You raise a good point. I wonder if other drivers are able to dance. Maybe it is the car. Maybe you never know. I'm trying to blame it on it, on on the car. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you, you lose a lot of flexibility in your hips, believe it or not. And 
yeah, some of those moments I try, I really try, but it's not something that comes very natural or easy to me, especially now with TikTok, you know, you see all these dances and you're mm. like, Jesus, I can't move my hips like this. No, these TikTok dances look so much harder than they are. I have tried a couple because my friends have forced me into it because I'm also not somebody who can dance on social media. But if I try them, I'm they look easier than they are. They're actually very difficult. And anyone who can do them, like props to you. I'm not one of those people either. Okay, we're in the same pack then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been such a fun time speaking with you today. Um, thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you today. Um, and thank you so much for speaking to sponsorships. I think that's going to be really helpful for people to know and understand that world. I think people often forget about how difficult that can be as well, along with the prejudices that people have against women in general so thank you so much for sharing that and it's been a real pleasure having you on no thank you for having me for pushing to get that exposure and visibility that female drivers need um especially right now so thanks for for that for that exposure and and for having our back and it was a pleasure to speak to you today thank you thank you so much tatiana